This episode of Start Somewhere the Podcast is brought to you by Magnetic Marketing Mastermind. Attract, launch, strategize, and build a magnetic marketing and branding online presence. A 10 week group coaching container starting October 10th. You should know you're looking at a self made woman. You should know. Hi guys, I do have a bunch of interview episodes. I've been so excited to get out to you. And if you have been keeping up with the recent episodes and also following me on Instagram, you would know that I'm currently in Europe at the moment. I am somewhere in Spain traveling all around. So I thought what a perfect opportunity to get all of these incredible guest interviews up whilst I'm away. And today I'm going to share with you a conversation I had with Lewis Huckstep. He is an entrepreneur and high performance mindset. Coach. It was super interesting to interview a male on the podcast who is in the self-development and mindset space. Lewis is all about helping people get into alignment and also to reveal their true authentic selves. As you can see, Lewis is very aligned and very on brand with myself and so much of my messaging, particular with Sala as well, the wellness app I'm a co-creator in. So guys, get cozy and I hope you enjoy this interview style episode. So, Lewis, welcome to Start Some of the Podcast. We were having a bit of a chat before jumping on record, but today's episode, we are going to be covering a very, very juicy abundance of topics. We are going to be speaking all about how to create healthy romantic relationships and so many other golden nuggets in between. But Lewis, before we do start, I love to start all of my interviewees by asking, what is your go-to coffee or hot beverage order? I'm not a coffee drinker, so sorry to <laughs> uh, dampen the fire. Um, I'm a hot chocolate drink. Oh, oh, that's when I go out. If oh, I actually okay. had my, if I had a preference, it'd probably be a good tea. I had a tea just before, so I'm a, I'm a tea drinker. I love a uh, peppermint. We we have a licorice tea at the moment that George has got me onto. So um, I like tea. Tea would be my answer if I had to pick. I respect that. A good herbal tea. It always you never regret having a good herbal tea. You always feel good. Just opens the lungs. Opens. Uh, I don't know, just feel feel recharged after it. I agree. I'm actually drinking a green tea now. So uh, there we go. Beautiful. (laughs) Perfect. Well, do you want to give the audience just a small snapshot on who you are and especially in relation to the topics that we are going to be discussing today on the podcast? Yeah, great. I, um, and I like the way you answer that. So now I can answer it a bit more specifically yeah. for you. Um, I guess the way I grew up, um, I grew up on a small island um, called Norfolk Island. If anyone, you need to Google that to know where that is for most people. Uh, and I struggled a lot with people. I had a lot of, I guess, people challenges, social challenges. I got diagnosed with Asperger's when I was younger. So essentially you're socially awkward. You're not good with people. You're not good with human interactions. You don't really, if anyone has watched the big bang theory, the um, Sheldon Cooper's character, he's like a character with that. So that, uh, that was me with people. So I didn't really understand people. Girls scared the shit out of me, which will tie into relationships. I remember, uh, I remember my first, oh, this memories are coming up already about this topic, but um, anyways, I'll fast forward. Then we'll go back through that. But I moved to Australia when I was uh, about 11 or 12, I was chasing the football journey, chase that did relatively well. Like I was contracted with um, professional clubs when I was younger, but lost the passion for it. Got into the fitness industry, opened a couple of gyms, uh, found out that I was, uh, had a spiritual, I guess, awakening and um, journey, spiritually speaking, like we were speaking about. Sold a couple of the gyms. I've got one of them still that I keep as um, as just a, a business um, behind the scenes. And I love coaching people. I coach a lot of my clients. We actually do do talk about relationships. A lot of the, my clients, we sort of tie into that because I find we'll probably talk about this on the podcast, but a relationship is where you're triggered the most. It's where your wounds will be revealed the most. It's when your inner child will come out the most. So because I think of that factor, it is a very hot topic for people because a lot of people chat, I, I, 
are challenged in relationships and not everyone is equipped with the knowledge, the consciousness of how to navigate those challenges. Like when your inner child is hurt and it's coming up and it's showing up in an argument, how to bring that consciousness there. So that's been an epic journey for me and my partner, uh, Georgia, who uh, I love dearly. She's probably outside this room. She'll, she'll probably hear me speaking about this. And um, it's been an incredible journey. I, I, I tell everyone with pride, the most growth I've ever received in my life as a man, as a leader, as a coach is business in relationship and arguably the relationship because that's where I get triggered the most. That's where my inner child, my wounds come to the surface and with the right consciousness and tools, which we can talk about today, you're able to heal through it. So I'm a huge fan of relationships. I actually had really negative beliefs a while ago, which we might tap into, um, overcame those. But yeah, I stayed single for a long time because I was scared of relationships because of my upbringing. And uh, yeah, I guess that leads me here today. I'm a mindset coach now. I help people mentally, emotionally. A lot of it ties into relationships. And um, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. I feel like that's everything you shared. People are really going to resonate on such different levels then. I personally resonate with how you shared you used to be scared of relationships. That was me not too long ago. But, you know, ever since becoming more conscious and more aware, I've just done so much of that inner work. And I think it's really interesting. We may, when we fantasize about a dream relationship, we want it to be perfect compatibility when in fact I think it's important to be challenged in a healthy way of course and at the same time you mentioned a lot about triggers and your relationship triggering you I you know I'm sure you agree as well triggers are actually symptoms something that you need to heal that being said in your relationship um do triggers still come up is it something that we constantly need to work through yeah, you never, well, this is my belief anyways. I believe that we're never fully healed. You're never fully, it's like when people say they're fully enlightened. They think they know everything about anything that's ever going to happen, that's ever going to happen. And if you actually zoom out from your little life and the house that you're in to the country that you're in, to the world that you're in, to the universe that you're in, the galaxy that you're in, you're like your you're immeasurable piece of dust. So I don't believe that we're ever fully healed or we're fully balanced. It's the pursuit of that is what what we're going after. And I use actually the same words that you use. When you're triggered, it's a symptom and a sign of a wound that hasn't been healed. So if you follow that trigger and you can find that moment or that event or that circumstance where you perceive that there was hurt, you perceive there was something wrong or perceive something was um, not the way it should have been or had or you wanted it to be and you can dissolve that challenge and heal through it then that trigger goes away so um so i, I don't know if i answered your question the triggers i believe they will always be there you'll obviously have bigger ones so like i normally have a diagram when i use with clients it's like say here's your, if anyone's watching the video um you say when you're born to the moment you die or to where you are right now anyways you're going to have lots of moments through that timeline where you're triggered or you'll have quote traumas that will be there and some will be really big some won't be some if you got abused or bullied or sexually assaulted or emotionally assaulted uh, and that might be quite a significant trigger for you or maybe someone just makes you feel uncomfortable and they kind of annoy you that can also be triggering but it's maybe a one out of 10 versus a 10 out of 10 so you'll have you'll always have them it's just being in in, in tuned with yourself and the more work you do, the more in tune you will become and you'll be noticed of your little triggers. Like when do you get a little bit upset, a little bit annoyed, a little bit frustrated versus like you're screaming at your partner and you want to kill them. So um, I believe that the work is always always going to be done. I don't believe you're ever fully done with the work. Um, but obviously at the start, you'll probably tackle those bigger ones that uh, that really hurt you when you're growing up. And you touched on as well that, you know, there's specific tools and perhaps resources as well that can help people cultivate these healthy romantic relationships. So I guess for people listening who, whether they are in a relationship that they don't think is very healthy, or maybe they've stayed single because they're scared to get into something healthy because that's just not what they're used to. What are some tools that people can really implement right now? Mm. The I'm like a my style of teaching is I kind of go from start to finish because I feel like if you jump to some points, there's previous things that tie into it. So I always start with values. So I figure out what is someone's, what are your life priorities? What's intrinsically most meaningful to you, which comes from your voids when you were younger. So say, for example, you didn't have much money growing up and money was painful for you, then making money might be important to you now. So wealth creation might be important to you. Maybe you were bullied for the way that you looked. So your image and appearance might be important to you now, or maybe you were bullied with your weight. And so your health is important to you now. So whatever was painful for you becomes important to you. So that's the first part I get 
uh, with people because then you can neurologically link things. So say you want to improve your relationship. How does your high value of say family get improved by you confronting a tough conversation? You're going to be a better parent. You're going to be able to handle tough conversations better. You're going to be able to communicate better. You're going to be able to regulate your emotions better. So I would get clear on your values, first of all. Uh, secondly, probably the one that was most, um, I guess, maybe started my journey is I went to a Tony Robbins event, um, Unleash the Power Within. I attended that three times because I like to learn things pretty well. Uh, and there's a section there where you uncover limiting beliefs. So a lot of the work in, my, in the work that I do and that I, I work with clients is, is a lot of consciousness. It's like, it's just like even your wounds, just putting awareness on the wound does a lot of work for it. So you got to be conscious of it. So maybe asking yourself, what beliefs do you have around relationships? Like finish the sentence I'm about to say, relationships to me mean, and finish that sentence. Like I, I, and you can, there's some sentences you can do to maybe uncover ones you might have. I can't have a successful relationship because, and see what comes to you. And you might be able to just become conscious of the belief and then you want to challenge it that's kind of a lengthy process i don't know if i want to go into too much detail to get too deep in the details today but the summarized version is get clear on those limiting beliefs challenge them because a belief is a story that you've told yourself that you've got experience in life that grounds it so someone told you not good enough and then you get dumped by your partner and that reaffirms that you're not good enough so there's a story you got told or a thought that you thought and then something happened in your life that reaffirmed that belief. But it's not true. There's truth in it, but it's not who you are. We are not our thoughts. We're the thinker of our thoughts. So that would be be aware of a limiting belief then challenge it and then create a more empowering belief. That's something I did at Tony Robbins' event uh, many years ago now. Uh, learn how to regulate your emotions. It would be huge for me. So when you are triggered, just learning how to be conscious. So the five steps I use, number one, be conscious when you're triggered because some people just live in a stressful state all the time and they think that's normal. So even learning to understand where your baseline is, like if through meditation or breath work, um, I'd assume that you're, you're quite, quite into and I'll have a good understanding of at least. And um, so for the listeners, learn how to know what your baseline is. Like when you're in your calm, social engagement, safe mode, when you're not on fight or flight, what does that actually feel like? What does it feel like for you to feel safe and to be neutral? Then you can start to be more in tune to when you're a little bit stressed or you're a little bit frustrated. So then when you're in an argument, you're getting triggered in your relationship. Obviously, you might, you might have a high swing of emotion. That's when you can catch yourself. But you want to catch it when, it when you start to get emotional. You want to, this is a Tony Robbins line. He says, kill the monster while it's small before it gets big enough to kill you. So when you start to get emotional, catch it when you can start to feel it rather when you're breaking down in tears or screaming at each other so learning to regulate so be conscious when you're emotionally swinging uh two breathe so i use 555 five, five, five seconds in and breathe into the lowest parts of your diaphragm or lowest parts of your stomach i should say so breathe in for five because most people when they're having a panic attack or they're stressed that like, and they're breathing really chest heavy so learning to go I'm not going to do the whole thing, but hold it for five seconds and let it out for five seconds. The third step is to see the situation as it is, not worse than it is. Because when you're drunk on emotions, whether that's anger, frustration, uh, guilt, whatever it is, you distort. It's like when you're drunk on alcohol. You don't see the situation is a lot different to what it actually is. So you want to review that situation again when you're neutral and see it as it is, not worse than it is. The world's not ending. You're just having a disagreement. You're not, you're not breaking up. You just don't see the eye, eye to eye on something. Step three or step four is to, um, is to take action. So what is it that you're going to do? Uh, I've, I've gone one step. I've missed one step. Step four is give an empowering meaning to it. As human beings, we have the power to put meanings on things. A breakup could be the best thing that ever happened to you or the worst thing that ever happened to you. And that's your decision. It's your perception. So put an empowering meaning on it. And number five, then do something about it. So just to re rephrase that. So be conscious you're triggered. Breathe to regulate. Uh, step three um, was to see the situation as it is, not worse than it is. The sky is not falling. The world's not ending. You're just having a disagreement. Uh, four, put an empowering meaning on it. So it's teaching you something. It's helping you grow. It's helping you develop. It gives something empowering, not I'm a loser. I'm a victim. And I didn't mean to trigger you then, but if I did, it's probably a good thing. And then number five, do something about it. What are you actually going to do to move the problem forward or resolve or dissolve whatever's happening? So 
those would be two. I've got many other tips, but those those would be probably my top two. And it really is that piece focus on what you know to be true, not what you think to be true. So many of us just blow things in proportion and overthink and overanalyze. And in actual fact, things are never as bad as we think they are. And like you shared the example with the breakup, we so many of us may fear relationships or just fear a breakup in general. But when it happens, you realize you're so much stronger and it's never actually as bad as you think it is. And I love how you shared that empowerment piece. That's kind of exactly what I did without even realizing there was a whole model around it. I went through a horrible breakup and I turned it into my biggest win yet and that's actually what started this podcast so hats off to that shitty time um but yeah I think that's really powerful what you just shared and I really want to touch on as well you um, spoke about inner child work as well before so how important is it to really do that work but then in regards to you know attracting or finding this you know quote-unquote compatible partner to an extent where they're going to challenge us in a healthy way yeah it's a good question and they do sometimes people do one before the other. So this is my beliefs anyways. And just by the way, for any pot for any podcast coach mentor you look up to, don't just take what they say for verbatim. That's like this is just one man's humble opinion. Yeah, so um, so challenge challenge what I uh, you can subscribe to some of the beliefs that you think might serve you. And if you don't, that's sweet. So my beliefs are is that you don't need someone to complete you. You it's like because by definition, if that's your belief, then you become codependent who, with who you who you date and who you become with. So say you're 80% and you need someone to make you 100%, then you're codependent and you're going to be easily manipulated. You're going to be easily um, influenced in a negative way by this person. So I believe that being a complete, full, happy, inspired version of yourself through doing child work, which I'll touch on, then attracting someone who's at the same level as well, and then you grow and develop together even further. So not like I'm broken, I need someone to fix me because again, you're going to therefore have a codependency relationship and you're going to be reliant on each other. You're going to allow poor behavior. You're going to, it's going to cause a lot of challenges. So that was me for a long time. So I stayed single because I thought I wasn't ready for it. I had a lot of bad limiting beliefs like I was referring to before. Uh, but uh, I do definitely believe on making sure you're ready. In a, and when I say ready, because that con- contradicts what I said earlier, there's always work to be done. So what that, where the line is, I don't really have an answer for that. I guess that's more of an intu- in, intuitive thing. Like, do you feel, do you, do you love yourself at a level where you can give the best version of you to someone else? That's maybe a way you can measure that. But, and how do you measure that? Who knows? That's a intuitive answer. Um, but to touch on the inner child work, I guess just to define that, it it's wounds that you've picked up as a child. So say, for example, you were being your authentic self, you were expressing who you were, and then your parent or like let's use an example. Say, um, say you're going to school at your first day. Um, I can't remember that memory for me, but say you went to school on the first day and you're really upset and you're crying and you're like, Oh my god, mom, I don't want to go here. This is scary. I, I don't know what's going on. And she says, Hun, you'll be sweet. It's going to be a great time. You're going to enjoy it. Go, go, go get it. That was a very intentionally great thing from mum or dad to say, but they didn't validate and make you feel seen and make you feel heard. So that might have hurt you in the sense that you aren't heard or seen or validated. Then in your relationship, say your partner makes you feel not seen or heard or validated, that might trigger that inner child wound that you had when you're day one on school. So whatever wounds you've picked up on, and that's just one of, and there's thousands of those examples, like you might have achieved something really well and you didn't get the love that you wanted to receive. Maybe you wanted your parents, mom, dad, or whoever played that parental figure for you. You wanted them to be there for you in a certain way and they weren't and that hurts you. And then when your partner, because, and the reason you do get triggered so much in a relationship, it's because they get to know you the most. They get to know you the deepest. And by construct of that, they're going to bring those deeper wounds that you didn't even know were there to the surface. But the benefit of it, like we both mentioned, is those triggers actually give you the consciousness to do the work. So that's why I say your triggers are your gifts. Your triggers give you the awareness to do the work. So the more, so your whoever triggers you the most heals you the most. But you got to have that awareness to do that. Otherwise, it just turns into a big fucking argument, and you just try to bite each other's heads off. Versus like, okay, I'm clearly triggered right now, and I'm not perfect at this. I'm still, I'm, I'm pretty good most of the time. But there's still some sometimes where the ego just goes on full rampage. I'll share a story maybe later of that, and. It's been like, okay, I'm triggered right now. I'm conscious of that. Let's breathe. Okay. 
let's see how it is. We have a disagreement and I'm being triggered right now. Thank you for bringing me some awareness of a wound that I haven't healed from. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to do some journaling on this. I'm going to ask myself some quality questions. Where's that trigger coming from? It's coming from my dad. It's coming from my mom. It's coming from my teacher. It's coming from my friend. It's coming from my past relationship. And go to that moment. And I want you to tell me what's the benefits of that? How has that moment shaped you into the man or woman or however you identify yourself? How has that shaped you into the person that you're proud to be today? So that would be kind of, I don't know what your question was and I don't know where we got up to. That's kind of my style of talking, just kind of gets wherever it was. Um, you said uh, child work. Child, in a child. In a child work. So yeah. you get wounds as you grow up and they will be revealed and amplified in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're both aware of that and willing to guide each other through those wounds, I think that's a healthy dynamic. But if you're both just going to bite back at each other, yeah, then it's just, it's going to end and you see it so many times. So that's my, yeah, I hope that answered your question. No, it does. That's such, a, from my perspective, that is very refreshing to hear. I wish I heard that definition 12 months ago. Now I'm up to speed. I'm very aware. I'm very open and that kind of thing. But yeah, I wish I heard that 12 months ago. I think people who are perhaps single and scared to get in relationships, I think that is a really inspiring piece you just shared and to approach it with, you know, kindness and you're going to grow. But that being said, though, I think I may have heard you say this on a recent podcast I was listening to and, you know, it's all about growing together. So per se, you know, you're very much into personal development as am I, you know, do we then not necessarily need, but it benefits having a partner who is somewhat similar in that sense, that way you're growing together. And the reason I share this is I've always been into personal development and my previous partner was not into it at all. And it's like, I feel we just really grew apart so drastically. And I was young. I didn't even realize that's what it was, but looking back now, I'm so aware. And I'm like, that's why I was constantly working and building myself up. He wasn't aware of that. wasn't his thing. That's fine. And it just didn't work. So someone who is really committed to improving themselves, do you kind of need someone who's doing the same? I, I yeah, again, just my beliefs around relationships is I believe there's, you need to get clear on a couple of things. You need to get clear on one, what are your non-negotiable life goals? So if you like, for example, want to have kids and you've got your heart set on having kids and your partner never wants kids, then you're, you're just getting yourself into the wrong setup. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, what are your needs at a relationship? And this would tie into that answer. So what are your non-negotiable goals? So that might be kids, that might be travel, that might be houses, money. What are your non-negotiable goals? So secondly, what are your needs? Whether that intellectually, spiritually, sexually, physically, emotionally, what are your needs? And can that person meet those needs? Yeah. And then thirdly, does their nature allow them to do it long-term? Because anyone can do something short-term. I could be an accountant if I fucking had to, but I don't want to. I'm not that excited about emails and spreadsheets. I'm a coach. I like to chat. I like people. So could I force myself to meet their needs? I could. I can, I'm pretty confident in my ability to do anything if I had to, but does my nature allow me to do it long-term? That's the question. So, um, So going back to that question, a need for me is growth. And that's not right or wrong. Some people don't want to grow. That's cool. And there's no judgment there. Um, I, I see downsides to that. I see challenges that come along with that belief, if that is your belief. But again, there's no right or wrong around it. Uh, so for me, what I suggest with um, clients and uh, what I've done myself personally is get clear on those, those what, their nature. You'll kind of figure that out by dating them. Like, are they the person that they say they are? Are we, are we compatible? Do we have the chemistry and the compatibility? Uh, but those first two, you can figure that out just by asking questions. So this is literally a conversation I had with Georgia. And Georgia met me back in the time where I didn't want relationship. I was like, anti-relationship. Relationships equal pain. That was the belief I had back then. So, um, so she met me back then. And one of my non-negotiables as I was doing my spiritual journey and I was learning was that we have to, my partner has to grow with me because I literally, you had this exact conversation, which uh, reminded me of what you just said. Then I said, Georgia, hun, look, I really would love to, I guess, experience and try a relationship and commit and have this relationship with you. However, I do have some non-negotiables. I just want to be upfront about you because I got to be upfront about this. Otherwise I know this, where this is going to end, how this is going to end. And I just want to be upfront about it. Um, There's a couple of things. And one of them is learning. I'm into self-development. 
I love learning. I go to seminars, I do books, I do podcasts. I love learning and growing. So if I'm learning and growing and you're not, that's going to create a gap between us and it's going to create conflicts in conversation, in interests, in arguments. Our My insecurities that I'll work on, yours won't and that will trigger more challenges and it's just going to end this relationship. I'm just going to be upfront with you about that. So are you committed? You don't have to, I said, you don't have to be Tony Robbins, but are you committed to learning and growing and working on yourself? And she said, yes. And she literally, she had a, she has a coach um, for her own personal reasons. And she had a coaching call today. She reads books daily. She just signed up for another course that she's doing. And, and the beautiful thing is, uh, she said this before, she did it for me back then, but now she's doing it for her, which I think becomes a really crucial step because you're only doing it for your partner. Again, it's that codependency sort of setup that gets there. So her wanting to do it has been phenomenal. So I agree that if you're a learner and grower, I think if your partner's not, it's going to create some challenges. Not to say it's not impossible. I'm guaranteed there's someone out there that pulls it off and, it, and they're happy in their relationship. But I do definitely see a lot of challenges if it's not that set up. So I think just be upfront and honest. Just be, just communicate and be absolutely transparent about where you stand. Hi guys, before we continue on with the episode, I'm jumping in here really quickly to share some super exciting news. If you want to build branding and marketing strategies for your business that magnetize clients to want to work with you, or you desire to be surrounded by other like-minded women who are also driven and ambitious business owners, Magnetic Marketing Mastermind. If you're open and excited to take your business into a whole new direction and end 2022 exactly how you dream about, then this is the mastermind for you. We start October 3rd for 10 weeks with five group calls and three private one-on-one calls, not to mention Monday to Friday group Voxer support also. This is a space where we are going to be working on your launch strategies, how to increase your prices, how to brand and rebrand yourself, how to create and develop consistent magnetic offerings, turning your ideas into money, attracting your dream client that is ready to work with you building a bold brand that stands out from the crowd, creating certainty in the unknown, and so, so, so much more. This is a cozy, intimate group of women who desire to experience exciting momentum in their business. These women want to attract and convert their dream clients whilst building branding and marketing strategies that stand out from the crowd. All of this is so possible and I'm going to share all of this with you from October 3rd all the way until December 5th. There is still plenty of time to reach and achieve your goals this 2022. We are going to be starting this program when I'm back from my incredible Europe adventure. I just know it's going to expand and grow me in all the right ways. And I'm so excited to jump straight back into sharing all of the magic and all of the goodness with the women who have already signed up. So if this sounds like something you would absolutely adore to be a part of, the link to join will be in the show notes. All types of business owners are welcome and I'm so excited to watch each and every one of you expand and grow. Now back to the episode. I really, really like that answer. And you touched on as well previously, it's all about, you know, feeling and seeing, sorry, it's all about um, experiencing that you're seen, heard and validated. So kind of coming now into what are the real kind of, I want to say like green flags to look for in healthy relationships. And I really want to touch on as well, like the power of, of vulnerability. And, you know, when you shared, you had that conversation with your partner, Georgia, was it quite a vulnerable conversation to have with her before you were, you know, official per se? Is it a bit of like a daunting thing to discuss? However, it's very essential, like to you as well. It was very yeah. dear to you. Mm, yeah, I, me personally, it wasn't too challenging because of my experience in business. Like having to fire people, was the fucking worst. Uh, it's for any, I guess, entrepreneurs here or empaths or people that love people yeah. to fire. Someone is hard. I cried the first three times I fired someone. I It was challenging. So because of that experience that this conversation in contrast wasn't too challenging for me, like for me, like, hey, look, I'm into learning. Do you want to, are you going to learn or not? Like that for me is not too challenging. Having to fire someone saying, 
you're not going to earn income from us here anymore. That was harder for me. They've got kids, they've got mortgages and stuff that was going through my head. So uh, for me personally, it wasn't too challenging, uh, but just just something on that point to maybe the listeners that might find that a daunting conversation is I always think of the other person. So for example, say you're in a relationship right now and your gut tells you that they're the wrong person for you for whatever reason, whether they're not learning or they're, you just, you just, your gut tells you, right? Your gut knows the answer. Your intuition knows every, and you're scared to have the conversation to end it or to have a chat with them and give them an opportunity to do the things that you need to see for this to make sense. Every mo- if they're say they're the wrong fit for you, uh, and you know that, that means that the right fit for them is somewhere else. And every second you do not grow the courage to have that conversation, you take away from them finding that person that they get to be with. So not only are you holding yourself back from having the relationship because you're you're not able to find that person either, but you're actually holding your your current partner back. And I see that as very selfish. So I've done the same thing with like employees. So say they're not the right person for this organization. That doesn't mean they should never go anywhere. Their home is somewhere else. So I'm actually being selfish by not letting them go. So I have, that was a big, I guess, shift for me that helps me with those types of conversations. So maybe that would be valuable for someone listening. Just see the negative for them by not doing it. Because then you feel like, fuck, I feel bad now for not doing this. And it makes you want to do it a bit more. So, um, yeah, I hope that I hope that answered. Yeah, no, it does. It's almost like a disservice if you're not honoring that and yeah. it's kind of yeah. selfish in a way as well. It's a good like way to flip it. Yeah. So I really want to take a bit of a spin now in the conversation and chat about the topic of emasculating men and toxic masculine and toxic feminine and all that kind of all those kind of topics there. So firstly, I'd love to hear your um, perception. And yeah, of course, everything, disclaimer, take everything with a pinch of salt. These are just our perceptions. Um, The more I've been diving into this type of content, it's really interesting to observe how people can get triggered. I'm somebody who I love to hear other perceptions and learn and, you know, not always get swayed, but just hear how other people think. So uh, yeah, trigger warning for people who may get triggered. But um, yeah, I just want to go straight in and just hear your honest thoughts on this topic. And if you get triggered, ask yourself where that's coming from. Exactly. Yeah. yeah we had that first part of the podcast on purpose. So you can yeah, be aware of that. <laughs> I like you, Isabel. Uh, so my honest beliefs is I do not like, I don't like it when people label things. So you're like, what is toxic? Give me someone like in some cultures, it's normal to have five wives. You do that in monogamous culture and a Catholic culture. That's a very toxic toxic person. So what is toxic is subjective. And by labeling, because if you said, if if before we p- jumped on this podcast, Isabel, someone told you that Lewis Huxtap is a toxic person because I did something that they deemed as toxic. Are you going to view me a lot differently and just perceive me differently, talk to me differently based on a label that someone's given me? So yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that. So I don't like saying they have this is a toxic masculine i like it's like when people say they're narcissistic i understand people have given categories and they've put like common traits into categories but to say like narcissism like i i had this i was doing a live video and someone actually asked me this question about narcissism i googled it it was pretty much like self-obsession on of yourself everyone has aspects of narcissism in them there's parts where i love my i love making content i love posting videos of myself is that narcissistic? Well, to a degree it is. So everything that you deem is toxic, you do it some form. This is very, if you study D. Martini, Dr. John D. Martini, huge mentor of mine. Um, I Yeah, he's, he's one of my hugest mentors in terms of my self-growth. And so a great tool he teaches, it's the, it's the universal law of the uh, many to the one and the one to many. So every single human personality trait that there is in the universe, honesty, loyalties, trust, lying, mean, hurtful, pain, every emotion and personality trait, we all experience it. For anyone listening, do you see yourself as an honest person? Most people will say yes to that. Then I'll say, have you lied? And do you lie? Everyone says yes. Everyone lies. Everyone's honest. Everyone's mean. Everyone's nice. Everyone's happy. Everyone's sad. So every trait that you're saying they're narcissistic or they're toxic, you do it yourself. Maybe not in the same form. You might do it in a different form. Some people say, well, I'm, it's, it's like, 
Uh, you might say you're judging someone. You're judging someone for having an argument or being um, confrontational. And you're like, oh, that person's so confrontational. I hate that. I would never do that. You might not do it to someone else, but you might do it in your own head. So you do do it. You just don't have the courage to do it in person. You won't say honest to someone. You'll just say it in your head about them. So you do the same thing. So overall, I don't like the, the labeling of toxic masculinity. I understand where it's coming from. It's very much like how society has been conditioned. And I believe it's a big problem. Uh, my partner, this is like her purpose and passion. So she get my partner on here to talk about this one. She'd be a lot more <laughs> invested into this. Um, but I do believe like we're, com- we're evolving from, I guess, a very premature masculine way of living where the man is the alpha male that never shares emotion and they're the breadwinners and they, and uh, the women are just, they stay at home wives, they cook, they have sex with the man and all that stuff. I, I don't know how to categorize that old school, maybe versus, I guess, the evolved, maybe the immature versus the conscious, but I don't say toxic versus non-toxic. So um, yeah, I don't know. That's my overall beliefs on it. Yeah. I guess to improve that, mm-hmm. I, would, I would view it this way. What patterns or traits or behaviors do you not want in a relationship? Mm-hmm. Then- be upfront about that, communicate that, just like what I did about the learning. So, hey, look, babe, um, something that's huge for me is uh, communication. And why, when I text you and you take two days to respond, that just isn't good enough for me. And if that's too much to ask that you get back to me within 24 hours, because I know you're, you're, you're not, it's not like you're working, you've got the day off, you've got the ability to it. That just says to me that I'm not important to you. And I just need, and that's a need of mine. That's a non-negotiable need that I've got. And just communicate that. Because this can hurt to hear, and I mean, trigger warning once again, is if you're getting treated like shit in a relationship, it's because you're allowing it. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing anything that you, or they're, uh, they're so toxic, well, why the fuck are you with them? Leave them then. So it, th- yeah, I've got very strong beliefs around it because um, I've experienced a lot of it. I've done a lot of um, self-work in this area. I, I work with a lot of clients with this stuff. Um, so... Yeah, try not categorize things because then it shifts your perception of them. Because if you just thought I was toxic because someone, I say I, because I guarantee there's people that love me. I guarantee people there's people that fucking hate me. I guarantee you. And if you go speak to them before you speak to me, you think I'm a completely different person. If you speak to some of my current team members, my, my clients that I've worked with, they'll say incredible things about me because I know what I've done for them. And it just makes you view me differently. I'd rather you hear nothing about me. And like you and me, Bill. I've never spoken to you. This is our first conversation. We don't really know too much about each other. So it's like, we're getting like a fresh non-biased perception. And if there was anything that say, I did something on your podcast that you didn't tolerate, I'm sure you'd kick me off. (laughs) So, so I don't tolerate that stuff. So I think overall don't categorize them because it then changes your perception and it just changes the, you're not seeing the full picture. You're, you're, you're drunk with emotions and you're not going to see the whole thing. Um, don't tolerate any poor behavior, which is just poor behavior. It's just a pattern, but people have titled that or labeled that toxic. Um, and yeah. And if you are experiencing it, it's because you're allowing it, put your foot down, set a boundary. If they step over that, they need to know the consequences. So say my partner started treating me really shit. Like say I came home and she was just shit mood, shit attitude. And everyone has moments. No one's perfect. I appreciate that. But say it would happen consistently. I'd say, babe, I love you, but just be upfront with you. If you were to continue this behavior with this and this relationship, my future, my future family, my vision for my life means more to me than this behavior. And if you were to continue this, we will no longer be together. I'm just being upfront with you because my future means more to me than this behavior that you're demonstrating. Are you clear on that? And if she keeps doing it, then you can see what's, you can see if you can see what her intentions are and what she wants. So that would be my advice for people, I guess, experiencing what, what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's all about you teaching people how to treat you. But I think as well, so many times people lack maybe the confidence, the courage to set those boundaries, because I guess it just comes back to self-worth. They think they can't get better. They think they just have to settle and deal with that bullshit. When in fact, like, it's just your whole world will open up as soon as you can set that boundary. And people are sent in your life for a reason. If they are to test you and if they are just like really shitty people, they're there for you to stand your ground and to know your worth. And as soon as you can set that boundary, everything will just change for you. I literally posted a video yesterday on Instagram on this exact, it said it was the reason you get tolerated, you get treated poorly in a relationship is because you have low self-worth. 
Because if you have high levels of self-worth, if someone was to do something that crossed a boundary and by having high levels of self-worth, maybe I'll take a step back. To have high levels of self-worth, you need to know what your values are. You need to live to them. That's it. So say family and your relationship and your career are most important to you. If your family and your your family relationship and your career were turned into shit, your self-value would be very low. So get clear on what's meaningful to you and live to those things and then set boundaries within those areas. And then when someone, whether it's your partner, friend, boss, employee steps over that boundary, you hold them to it. And by doing that, you'll raise self-worth and you won't, you won't allow toxic uh, uh, behavior or energy into your life. Mm, yeah, I, I feel like toxic is just thrown around so loosely and it can mean so many things. And, you know, I think instead, what are your thoughts on the concepts of red and green flags? Like obviously, especially red flags when yeah. we're referring to people. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, I guess, a better way to do it. It's just, it just comes back to like I said before, what do you want and what do you don't want? Like some people um, love yeah. to like uh, travel 24-7. Like there's people that are like homeless gypsies and they just travel and they love experiencing the world. That's fucking awesome. It's not my style, but that's awesome. So if it, if someone came to me and say that was their trait, yeah. is that a bad thing? Is that a toxic thing? I don't think it's a bad thing at all. I think that's really awesome that they're experiencing life. They're living in the moment. They're flowing. They're not so caught up with achieving so much and making money, making fame. Like they're actually living a very present life. That's really cool. Is that what I want in a partner? No, it's not. I want someone that was going to be a little bit more, I guess, stable and build up, I guess, the the vision and the future that I want for my life. But that doesn't make that person wrong or right. It's a green or a red flag based on what I'm after. Yes. So the whether it's green or red depends what you're looking for. Some people, this sounds bad. They like being in a bad or abusive or toxic relationship because it actually what they're used to. It's maybe what their parents did and it's their coping mechanism. So they're actually attracting what it is that they, they experienced growing up. So that's actually what they're looking for unconsciously not consciously oh i want someone to abuse me but unconsciously you've seen mum and dad do it or you've been through a relationship and that's all you know because even though this sounds really bad this i need like 10 trigger warnings now but if you're getting abused in a relationship that's affection that's attention that's love even though it's not a empowering way in my eyes of getting it it's still getting it so yet the red or the green flag depends on what you're wanting. Like if you want someone who's into learning, then that's a green flag if they're into learning. Um, can you quantify and, and um, I guess, discuss those things like I did with, with my partner? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it just depends on what you're after and that, that would constitute what a green or, or red flag is. I like that. And I think it's so powerful to get clear on what you do not want, even more so than what you do want. As soon as I did that, I just saw so many shifts in the people I attracted and who and what I was, you know, who, who I was surrounding myself by. And it's like, we just need to get super clear and be like, I'm not accepting X, Y, and Z behavior anymore. And it's just, yeah, it's yet again, it's honoring your self-worth. Mm, 100%. And so lastly, I really want to chat about the topic of emasculating men. And the reason I share this is I've been listening to this topic a lot from a female's perspective and hers is just very different and new and especially for the world we live in. And that being said, yet again, more trigger warnings, more disclaimers. Um, so, you know, especially the whole feminism world, the whole, the whole girl boss world, it's all about, you know, I am the own CEO of my own life. I'm a female. I don't need no man. That whole mentality, um, you know, of course, I'm all for girl power and that kind of thing. But that being said, it's been so interesting for me to hear these concepts. Um, I'm single now as I'm recording it. And to really, how can I kind of articulate this? I think when so many females like myself, business owners, um, single as well, we are navigating this world and we see all this content, all this messaging about being this like boss bitch, basically, which I'm yeah, all yeah. for. But we take it a little bit too seriously. And what I mean by this is we think we are these, yes, super independent. Every single person should be independent. We've touched on not being too codependent in relationships. But more so you're and kind of coming on a bit of a spiritual sense as well. You're kind of like giving off this energy that you literally do not need a man. Therefore, these are the types of men you're going to attract. The reason I say this is then we are surrounded by these men that a quote unquote, you know, these red flags, these people, these traits that we've discussed previously in the podcast. And now we're being like, oh my God, there's no good men out there. Where are they? And we are just emasculating them. We are saying they're all bad. We are completely categorizing them. 
And I think it's just been such an interesting shift where I've come from one end to the complete other end and just to be so many of people I surround myself by, people on the internet, people in real life, females, of course, they're all still in this mentality and they're saying men are shit, there's no good men, men suck, just constantly, constantly shitting on them. And I find it so interesting because a lot of the females who are saying this, they're all in relationships. And then here I am, single for the past two years, being loving my best life, loving myself, doing everything for myself. And I'm on the other end being like, guys, we shouldn't be saying this. We shouldn't be talking poorly about men, especially when we're in a relationship. And I think I want to hear your perspective from a male's standpoint what are your thoughts i mean i'm not too sure if you've seen much of you know the whole girl boss mentality obviously me being a female i see it so much more but i'm just interested yeah i i've not not a ton so i'll share i guess what what i have to share it's definitely i wouldn't say it's a huge i guess strength of mine that i do study um i guess well i guess with my partner because she's very passionate about women empowerment but i do believe i think the part that you're alluding to is like like they take it too far like because at the end of the day like biologically like because it, it's the how do i how do i articulate this it's, it's hard uh, it, to get across isn't it <laughs> so like women are searching for equality which i love like from pay from salaries to yes. rights and all that stuff which i totally agree with mm-hmm. i believe i i like that uh wade versus rogue thing that happened in the u.s disgusting i can't believe that that we're at a level in uh-huh. 2022 when people's rights are dictated by certain i i don't like that so i agree with the equality from there but not from any like because we have our roles the yin and the yang the masculine the feminine we have our roles like as evolution went on like men generally speaking the masculine because females can be masculine men can be feminine and that's that's you've got you've got we all have both but like what core do you have i have a masculine core my partner has a feminine core but i also have my feminine side i'm quite a goofy silly lovey i like being the little spoon that's like something i love doing so i've got my feminine side but i've got a masculine core georgia has a feminine core but she has her masculine side she likes to kick ass she likes doing crossfit she loves training so that's her masculine fix that she gets but i believe in the equality from like rights like salary equality rights voting i guess just rights as human beings i believe that needs to be equal or needs to be should be equal but then taking it to the degree of then we need to have the same roles or uh, masculine roles as men it's like that's when i see it breaking down because then you get those over masculated women who aren't attracting any they're they're going to attract the opposite which is going to be weak gutless men (laughs) and they're going to say there's no good men well you're being that person so you're actually scaring them away Mm because we attract our opposites that's the masculine feminine there's similarities this is a generalization so don't come kill me ladies please (laughs) but it's um so we've got our roles as men to be the masculine the provider and masculine doesn't when i masculine i just want to just default it when i say masculine men male or female feminine male or female or whatever you identify yourself as. So the masculine has roles, the feminine has roles. Be aware of that. Don't don't mm-hmm. take the concept of equality yeah. that we should be the same as men or get the same as that into what your roles are from a feminine versus masculine aspect. That's the breakdown I see. I don't like. I don't look into it too much, but I guess seeing what my partner is passionate about and hearing her beliefs around it is probably where my beliefs are, are, are coming from, and obviously my experience is coming from. But I love the equality from the rights as human beings of voting, salaries, and all that good stuff. But to then take that to the masculine versus feminine energies mm. and then conflicting that. And that's where you're getting your boss bitches that are super masculine, yeah. but it's not their core. It's who they think they have to be to get the equality that they're seeking. I think that's the breakdown because then you're getting all these men that are just gutless, got no courage, no spine, no confidence about themselves because they're being... Um, they've been tra- uh, not trained they're being punished for being masculine so now they're getting trained to be more feminine so that's the breakdown i see personally that's, that's just my yeah that's my thoughts on it anyway yeah yeah no it was interesting to hear your thoughts i think yeah especially when we talk about more so relationships per se and really that masculine that feminine energy like the masculine is like biologically the provider, the protector, the feminine is really that receivership, um, that free flowing, that present in the moment. And I think it's so 
crucial yet again my thoughts for a you know a relationship to have a harmonious balance of both regardless of your genders I mean like like you said we we all have different masculine and feminine energies like for example me and my business I'm like full masculine mode you know when I'm creative full feminine mode full feminine mode at the core of me I am like the most girliest girl to exist and I love that I can embrace that and then I can channel my masculine energy in my business and I think it's just really important to have this harmonious balance of both and to not you know I want to say like shit on the opposite sex um for not standing up to kind of a standard that we persevere in our mind if that kind of makes sense absolutely I, I share very similar beliefs to you that we we have both but we have our core yes be honest with that don't change who you are at your core to match up and go chase the equality with rights like they're just, they're, they're, they're similar, but they're getting overlapped. And I think that's the breakdown. Let, let's shoot for equality with rights and absolutely as human beings, what we're entitled to No, there should be no gender difference. I absolutely attest to that and agree to that, but to then take that rule across to the energetic side of things fucks up. And that's, that's my, that's where I think the breakdown is. Yeah, that's exactly what we really wanted to get across. And that can, yeah, fuck up in so many ways, not just business and relationships, but just in how we are as a human being. It's, um, yeah, it's a really, really interesting topic. I've just been diving so much deeper in it, into it. And yeah, I just, I just want to hear other people's opinions. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for asking. All right, thank you for sharing. Well, Lois, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. I feel like we've discussed so many, so many golden nuggets. I've loved this so much, but I do love to end all of my episodes by asking Lewis, what is something you've recently started in your life? Uh, I've recently sold a business and um, I, I was, I shared at the start, I went down the gym route for, I guess the wrong reasons for ego reasons. So I've started uh, allowing my inner child to express himself more. So being able to, and for anyone listening, what did you love doing as a child? because you just enjoyed doing it. For me, video games. I've been playing more video games lately because it reached out. I did it so today. It's what, it's about 4 p.m. now, the time of this podcast. Like I did, woke up about six, had a client, did about three, four, five hours of work, had some lunch, did some more work, played video games for 45 minutes and got back into work. But I wouldn't do that because I'd feel guilty for not working 24-7, hustle, hustle, hustle. So been able to embrace my inner child, doing things that I love just because I love doing it. That's what I've been doing a little bit more. I love that response. I think we just really need to abandon hustle culture. I've been speaking a lot about that on the podcast as well and tapping into these things of play and creative and switching off. And yeah, it's powerful. I like that you do that. Thank you so much, Lewis, for coming on the podcast and for sharing all of your valuable knowledge. People who are listening, where can they get more of you? Instagram is probably best. I've got just I've I've got a domain, lewishuckstep.com. But if you just go lewishuckstep on Instagram, Instagram is probably the best one. I post... I post a lot on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. I've got a podcast as well, which I'm having you on actually very, very soon, literally tomorrow. So uh, I've got a podcast called The Lewis Huxley Experience, very original name. And yeah, just, just my name on most platforms, but I'm most active on Instagram and TikTok. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing, Lewis. Thank you so much for having me.